All right. How are you, people of hope? Hey. Come on, put your hands together. Come on, just get ready. Get ready. Just get ready. <laughs> hey, if we haven't met before, my name is Scott, one of the pastors here, and we're just so thrilled that you are here. Uh, that video, just get in a group that will just really change your life. Jesus said that we would be known as his followers if we love each other, and it's hard to love each other if we don't talk to each other. So get in a group, share life together, and we're glad you're here today as we continue our series called Never Give Up, because we want you to never give up. Up. And if you have your Bible, you can open to Hebrews chapter 11. That's been our uh, teaching in our text as we look at the lives of men and women of faith who didn't live perfect lives, but lives of faith. And because they lived by faith, they were ultimately victorious in their lives, and they set an example for us. Uh, last week, I do want to say thank you to Pastor Holly. She preached a great message on Sarah. On yeah, Okay, yes, she did. She did a great job. And uh, today we're going to look at Sarah's husband, Abraham. And uh, our key scripture we're going to look at on talking about not settling. Watch, we're going to look at the life of Abraham. And sometimes we see these heroes and we go, wow, they were just, they lived lives that I couldn't live. But they lived very human lives. Uh, Abraham made a lot of mistakes. We're going to look at them. Because he was human, just like you. Just in case you don't know, this church isn't perfect because people like you come to it. Just so you know that. And if Abraham was here, he'd feel right at home. But here's the key message we learned from Abraham. Don't settle for where you are. Because God has so much more for you. No matter what's happened in your life, don't settle. Here's the scripture we're looking at in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 8. By faith, that's how Abraham lived. By faith, Abraham, when called to go, he was actually called out of a place called Ur of the Chaldees. It was a place of polytheistic worship, which means they worshipped many, many gods and kind of gods and goddesses. And God wanted to bring people back to understand that there was one creator of heaven and earth who wants to have a personal relationship with his sons and his daughters. So he wanted to teach the planet that, and so he called Abraham away from this polytheistic a place called Ur of the Chaldees, to come to the promised land to establish monotheism. Monotheism is the understanding of one God creator of heaven and earth. It's why Abraham is revered by the three great monotheistic religions of the planet. Uh, Judaism, monotheistic. Islam, monotheistic. And us as Christians, monotheistic. So he calls him away from where he was, or the Chaldees, to the place he would later receive as his inheritance. And when he was called, what did he do? He obeyed. I want you to know that there's a calling on your life, every bit as significant as Abraham's life. Your calling is from where you are right now, wherever that is, to where God wants you to be. There's a calling on my life. I know that. But my calling is no more important than your calling. There is a calling on every single man, every single woman in this place, from where you are right now 
to where God wants you to be. And when Abraham took that journey of obedience, he walked by faith, and I love this, even though he didn't know where he was going. And his line, his faith journey is not a straight line. He got off track. Why? Because he was human, just like you. He got stuck because he was human, just like you. But the message of the day is don't stay stuck. Don't settle for where you are. If you want to just follow a brief outline of his, uh, his life, you'll see how many times he got off track. He started out in Ur of the Chaldees. We talked about that. He was stuck in that polytheistic culture, and God calls him to get unstuck and to go to a place called the Promised Land, or Canaan. So he gets unstuck. He starts his journey towards the Promised Land, but he settles. This is in Genesis chapter 11. He doesn't go very far geographically. He settles in a place called Haran. Now, Haran wasn't the Promised Land. But he set up shop there. He lived there for many years. Why? Because he got off track. He settled down. He got stuck in Haran for years, and then God had to speak to him again and said, hey, I don't want you to stay stuck. Get unstuck. Get back on track. So he got back on track. He got into the promised land, and then there was a famine in the promised land, so he went down to Egypt and he got stuck by giving his wife to Pharaoh. How many would agree that was getting off track? Let's just, let's just make that a church policy. If you have a wife, do not give her to another man. So what happened was he got down to Egypt, and, he, and Sarah must have been a babe. Because he was worried. He said, Pharaoh is going to see her, and he is going to want her in his harem. So he made a deal with Sarah. He said, Sarah, when people ask you, uh, don't tell them you're my, my wife, because they'll kill me. He was afraid for his life. Just tell them that you're my sister. And sure enough, Pharaoh saw her, and she was a babe, and he took her into his harem. How many would just agree this was a big mistake? So here's this great man of faith, just like you, got off track, got stuck. Have you ever got off track and got stuck? Anyone here get ever stuck in the mud? Like mud. Uh, if you're in Daytona Beach, if there's a track. You can ride on the track, but if you get off of the track, you get into the soft sand and you get stuck. Anybody here ever get stuck on Daytona Beach? Okay, okay, not, not many. Oh, one taker on that one. How about this one? Anyone here ever get stuck in the snow? Oh, yes. Oh, there they are. There they are. Yeah. That's why you were wise enough to move out of the frozen Northland and come here to the promised land. But, but you get off track, and this is Abraham's story. He wants to serve God, just like you. He wants to fulfill his calling. He gets stuck in Haran. So God speaks to him and says, okay, get out of here. Okay, okay. He gets down to Egypt. He gives his wife away. Bad move. He gets off track. And finally, God has to intervene and speak to him again, which is exactly what God is doing to us today. He's giving you his word to get you unstuck. He says, don't leave your wife with Pharaoh. Take her back into your house. How many agree that's a good thing? So he took her back. So he gets out of Egypt, 
and he moves towards uh, the promised land, but they picked up this girl in Egypt named Hagar. And how many would agree? <laughs> Just, okay, there's a great man of faith, but how many would agree sleeping with Hagar was not a good idea? Can we, do we have to vote on this, or like, can we all just agree? This was, this was not his wife, and he got into a panic. He, he wanted to have children, and Pastor Holly gave an incredible message last weekend on the waiting time between when God gives a promise and you receive the promise, but he panicked, and he slept with Hagar and had a son named Ishmael. That was never restored, really, until he got back with his wife and had a son named Isaac, but I'll tell you, that mistake is still bearing consequences in the geopolitical world today. Now, he got, but he didn't stay stuck. So God intervened and restored. And, and then watch this, this last one. How many of you, when you, you, you've got stuck in your life, and then you've got stuck again doing exactly the same thing? Okay, so you make a mistake, you get stuck, God calls you out of it, but then you do that or something very similar. So here's what happens. He meets King Abimelech, and he's worried about his babe wife. So he says, Sarah, don't tell. Sounds very familiar. Don't tell King Abimelech that you are my wife. Just let's pretend you're my sister. Because if he understands that you're my wife, he's going to kill me, and I'm not going to make it and to the promised land. And to be the father of many nations, so you just tell him. And so he gives his wife for the second time. He violates our church policy we just said a few minutes ago. He gives his wife away to King Abimelech. How many would agree that was getting off track? And then God has to speak to him again and call him back on track. So here's God's pattern for Abraham's life, my life, and your life that you are walking this path of faith, but because of many reasons, you can get off track. And when you get off track, you get into the mud of mistakes, and you get stuck. But the secret of Abraham's life was he didn't stay stuck. And the secret of your life as you take this journey of faith is don't ever stay stuck. Or let me say it like this, never give up. Now, there are many reasons that we get off track. One of the big motivators that pulls us away from faith is the attitude of fear, and we see that very clearly in Abraham's life. There is the fear of the unknown. He went into Egypt, and right away his fear kicked into gear. He started to imagine every bad thing that could happen. When you start imagining every bad thing that could happen, you're not operating by faith, you're operating by fear. So he just assumed. He assumed that, it, that Pharaoh would see Sarah and think she was a babe. He assumed that the result of that would be that they would kill him. And so he cooked up this scheme. It wasn't God's scheme. God didn't say, hey, pretend that Sarah's your sister. He cooked up his own scheme, and he, out of fear, offered his wife to Pharaoh. He did the same thing with Abimelech. He was seared by a, he seized by a fear of the unknown. He met King Abimelech and, and right away started to imagine, what, what possibly could go wrong? If you've been thinking this last week, 
What could possibly go wrong? You may have been living by fear. You may be stuck. And God is calling you today, trying to speak to you today, kind of speak to all of us to get us unstuck and come back that in the fog of tomorrow, because you can't see it clearly. See what James says? Do you know what's going to happen tomorrow? Answer is, you have some plans, some ideas, but you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Even the length of your life. We had some very young, this last week, some very young athletes. 20, 27. Just, you don't even know the length of your life. It's like the morning fog. It's here and then it's gone. It's like a vapor. And tomorrow is like a fog. And when you're in the fog, you can maybe be able to see a step or two in front of you. But the fog makes it, the future unclear. And as you look into the fog of tomorrow, what's the emotion you have? Do you have an emotion of faith? Knowing that God is in the fog? Working in ways you can't imagine? but he's working things together for your good and for his glory? Or do you imagine every bad thing that could happen in the fog? Abraham lived by the unknown, fear of the unknown, and it drove him off track. We want to walk by faith. Abraham also had a fear of loss. He slept with Hagar because he believed he would lose the opportunity to be a father. He wanted to be a dad. And Sarah, for many years was not able to have children. Even though God had promised her she would have children, she had to wait, we learned last week, for about two and a half decades, about 25 years, she had to wait, and they decided that was too long. Because when God doesn't work on your agenda, you can feel like you're missing out. I'm missing out on something. And that's why he picked up Hagar, because he felt like he was missing out on something. And the world always comes along. When you have that moment of feeling like you're missing out, the world always offers you something. You feel like you're missing out? No worries, we got something for you. Take this drink, take this substance, get into this relationship. Yeah, it may not be in line with God's word, but if you don't do it, you're going to lose out. Fear of loss. Paul addresses this very clearly. And he says, here's how I overcame my fear of loss. I just considered everything the world had to offer me loss anyway. I just considered it rubbish, trash, dung. Here's what he says when he writes to us uh, in Philippians. He says, I consider everything a loss compared to knowing and walking with God and following Jesus Christ my Lord, for whose sake I considered all things lost. I consider everything the world would offer me rubbish, dung. You know what dung is? Okay. Yeah. I once had a guy shout it out. You don't need to do that. <laughs> and he used a very short word to shout it out. <laughs> so you don't know. It's dung. He says, okay, I'm not going to fall. So Abraham could have said when Hagar was off, he could have said no. There is a better plan for me than Hagar. And so can you. You can say no, but because he was afraid he was going to lose out, he took a step into the muddy mire of mistakes and got stuck there until God had to again speak to him and pull him back onto the road of faith. There's the fear of failure. Some of you are today mired in the mud of mistakes. You've got off track. You've got into the mud and you're afraid to try again because you've tried before and you didn't have the strength to get out. 
You're fulfilling the proverb that's there in your study guide. It says, uh, if you fall under pressure, your strength is not very great. If you can't get out yourself, you acknowledge, I don't have the strength. And that just is true. When you get stuck in the mud of mistakes, you don't have the strength to get out. When you are driving on Daytona Beach and you get into the soft sand and your tire is going, do you know how you get out? They have a special vehicle that comes and it's assigned to help pull you out. If you get into the mud of mistakes, God wants to hook you up and pull you out. When you get stuck in a snowbank, have you ever seen those big tow trucks? They hook up and they pull you out. Have you ever seen the really big tow trucks? The ones that tow 18 wheelers? They're massive. God's is even bigger. And when you get stuck in the mud of mistakes, you have to acknowledge, yes, I don't have the strength to get out. I can't get out. And the moment you admit that and say, God, hook me up, he hooks you up with his massive strength and he pulls you out of that hole. He puts you back on the path and you can keep moving forward. That's, the, that's what he did. So this, was what, this is what Abraham did. This is what he did over and over and over again. I want you to see that. Heron gets back on track. Pharaoh gets back on track. Abimelech gets back on track. Herod, I mean, uh, Hagar gets back on track. Why? Because he was human, and so are you. And when you get off track, don't settle for where you are. Let's look at some of the things that kept pulling Abraham forward, and they'll pull us forward in our journey of faith as well. First of all, as we move forward in life, notice that Abraham, and we would be well to learn this, Abraham was always looking forward towards the future. Are you focused on your failures? Or are you focused on the future that God is calling you to? Abraham had a beautiful picture of the future. It says in verse 10 of Hebrews 11 that Abraham was looking forward. Which way was he looking? He was looking forward. Forward. And he wasn't just looking forward to the promised land or he wasn't just looking forward to children. He was looking forward to a heavenly relationship with God. He was looking forward to a city whose foundations and architect and builder is God. What was he looking forward to? Heaven. So when you get in a hole, when you get in a muddy hole of mistakes, always remember you weren't built, created to live in that hole. You were created for heaven. I'm going to say that again. You were not created for the mud hole of mistakes. You weren't created for Haran. You weren't created for Pharaoh. You weren't created for Hagar. Come on, a few amens out there would really help me there. Let me, let me just encourage Take your eyes off the mud. Because you're not destined for mud. You're destined for a relationship with God. Take your eyes off Pharaoh, whoever that is. Take your eyes off Abimelech, whoever that is. Take your eyes off Hagar. Whoever that is. She's not good for you. She is a mud hole of a mess. Ooh, I'm preaching now, man. I'm, this is my last preach of the week. I'm just going, and she is. 
She's a mud hole. Get, get, leave her. Behind. She, get your eyes out of the mud and lift your eyes up to heaven. That keeps moving me forward. When I get off track, when I make a mistake, I'm not, I am not focused on my failures. I want to go to heaven. I want, I want my life to count. I want to take as many people to heaven with me as I can. I want to keep a forward focus like Abraham on the things not of this earth, but the things of, to come. That's what he focused on. He focused on the future. Now, to receive the things of the future, he and us and all of us need to be willing to trust God. That's how we make it to heaven. We trust God means we're looking forward to something that we don't yet have. We haven't obtained heaven, but you put your trust in God. I can absolutely promise everyone here today that you can know before you leave this room, heaven is your home. Not because you're good enough, but because Jesus is good enough. Because he died on the cross to take away all your sin, all of your selfishness, all of your junk, and he rose from the dead so you can invite his presence and his power into your life, and heaven can be your home if you'll trust in Jesus. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that before we leave. So Abraham fixed his eyes on heaven. He also was willing to do this. Number two, he laid down the things that he needed to let go. His, his past. You can't drag your past into the future. You, you can't keep being who you were yesterday and be who you're supposed to come tomorrow. Right down to the fact that when God called him, he renamed him, right? We know that in Genesis. He said, listen, you used to be called Abram, which means high father. And now I'm going to give you a new name, which is Abraham, which is the father of multitudes. Now just pause for a moment and think with me. Who gave him the name Abram? Where did he get that name? Where did he get that identity from? Who gave him that name? Somebody? I heard some, who? Yes, his, his, Taryn, his dad, and his, his parents. Yeah, so he got, that was a family name. Get this, because this will help you. <laughs> to move into the future that God has for you, your identity doesn't come from your parents doesn't come from your family, doesn't come from your co-workers, doesn't come from this world. Your identity needs to come from the voice of your heavenly Father because he calls you more than anybody else will ever call you. Okay? Because you can get stuck. You can get stuck. You can get stuck in the mud of what they used to call you, who you used to be. But that's not who you are. You are called to be so much more. And so to go where God is calling you to, you let go of all other identities and you receive your identity from God. So, Abraham got a new identity. Abraham, Abraham didn't focus on his failure in Haran. He didn't focus on his failure with Pharaoh. He didn't focus on his failure with Hagar. He didn't focus on his failure with Abimelech, he let all of his failures go. Well, watch this. He let them all go into the past, but he also, and here's the other thing, you also need to not hold on to all your great successes either. Because your successes can be a ball and chain on your future as much as your failures can be. Hey, I had this great accomplishment. Remember the good old days? You, you start to hear this language. Oh, we need the good old days. That's ball and chain, that's ball and chain talking. That's what we used to have. One of the biggest accomplishments of Abraham's faith 
was the production of his son of promise, Isaac. And what was he willing to do? Hebrews tells us he was willing to lay Isaac on the altar of sacrifice. Why? Because he just, he let it go. And this is the best way to grow. This is the best way to move towards the future. When we worship, we often open our hands. It's a Bible way of worshiping. And when we open our hands, we say, hey God, all, my, all the stuff I got into this last, I let it go. And also all my successes, I'm not, I'm not, Lord, there's more for me in the future, so I'm not going to let my past be a ball and chain. I let that go so I can get back onto the path of faith and just keep walking forward. And that's what he did. He just kept walking forward. He trusted God with his future. So every time he had a dream, he dreamed of the promised land. He dreamed of a son. He dreamed of heaven. He kept moving forward. And that's what God did. So the third thing I would just say that Abraham teaches us is in his journey, he always walked by faith. And that's what the whole series is about. In fact, it says it over and over again. Abraham obeyed by faith. Abraham made his home by faith. Abraham became a father by faith. Abraham offered his son Isaac by faith. Pretty much all, all the good stuff that happened, <laughs> he did by faith. Pretty much all the bad stuff that happened, he did by fear. Could we learn a lesson there? Could just, I'll say that again. All the good stuff that happened, he did by faith. All the bad stuff that happened, he was motivated by fear. So who's motivating you? What's motivating you this last week? And as you go into this next week, what's motivating you? By faith. When he was very old, he was like 100 years old, he finally had Isaac. He had to wait a long time. Sarah is in her 90s. This was the message that Holly gave last week. They had to wait a long time. Why did God make them wait till they were so old to have Isaac? I don't know. I do, I do know this. God doesn't want you to lose your fire as you grow old. Let me just tell you this. Brothers and sisters, every day I get older. And so do you. And I'm just going to tell you, I want to give a warning, because the messages don't get stuck. Sometimes as you get old, you can get stuck. So Abraham was a hundred, still walking by faith. God loves to pour his spirit on our sons and our daughters, on our young people, and on our old people. And he wants all of us to walk by faith. God loves old people. There wasn't many amens here. I thought, I thought that was, he does. Old people are cool. Old people think of stuff that young people don't think about. Someone told me a story about George. I, I, I don't know if it's true, but it was told to me as it was true. Uh, George Phillips was going to bed one night and looked out into his backyard, and his wife said, you forgot to turn the shed light off, and so you need to go out before we go to bed. So he went downstairs, he opened the door, and he was making his way towards the shed, and he heard rustling, and he looked inside. There were two guys in there packing his tools up. They were robbing him. So he backed back into the house, and, and uh, he called the police, and he said, um, uh, I need you to come. There are two guys that are robbing me right now. And they said, are they in your house? And they said, no, they're in my shed in the backyard. And they said, well, okay, could you close your doors? Could you lock yourself in your house? We're our resources are overtaxed right now. We don't have anyone that can come right now, but we'll come as soon as we can. He said, but they're robbing me right now. 
sir, well, if we could come, we would, but we are the, the, uh, we're very scattered right now, and we'll get to you when we can. George said, no, I need help now. And they said, we're sorry, we don't have the resources. So he hung the phone up. And he called back in about a minute. And he said, hey, I just called a couple of minutes ago. Those two guys in my shed, you don't have to worry about them. I shot them. I shot them dead. I'm, I'm dragging them now. My next plan, I'm going to drag them out into the woods behind our house. I'm going to bury them. No one will ever find them. You won't have to worry about them. Please disregard my call. In five minutes, the SWAT team was there. Everybody shows up. And they're locking these two guys up. And they said, George, we thought you said you shot them. And he said, yeah, and I thought you said you didn't have the resources to get here. Old people are cool. I, I just hope that you keep your cool. Abraham, 100 years old, living by faith. Just walk by faith, walk by faith, walk by faith. Last thing I'm just going to say is Abraham was always looking for something better. Always. Verse 16 says they longed. They longed for something better. A better country. They were looking forward. To something better. When he, when he lived in Ur of the Chaldees, he longed for the promised land. When he got to the promised land, he looked forward to the, to the, to a, the family that God had promised him. When he got the family that he was promised, he longed for something better. He longed for heaven. He always got up longing for something better so that when he got stuck in a mud of mistake, he would get up and go, no, 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 this is not what I'm destined for. I'm destined for something better. When you get up in the morning, what is in your soul? You get up and go, wow, I'm longing for something better. And I know I'm talking to some people today that have been on the pathway, but through some circumstance, you've got into the mud hole of mistakes. And I'm just saying, don't settle for where you are because there is so much more for you. There's a future for you. There's a better place for you. And today, and today, you can ask God to hook you up. He'll pull you out by the power and the grace of Jesus Christ. He will pull you out of that hole. He'll put you back on the path and you can keep walking by faith today. That's what Abraham did. He kept looking towards the future. He kept laying down his past. That's what you have to do. The past mistakes are not to be focused on. Lay your past down. He walked by faith. Even as he got very old, he kept walking by faith. And he kept longing for something better. Faith will pull you out of the mud of mistakes and help you today to begin again. That's God's message for us today. I pray you receive it in Christ's name. Amen. So we're going to stand for prayer. Can you stand with me, please? Can you close your eyes everywhere? Close your eyes and open your hearts to what God wants to do in this moment. I invite our prayer team to come immediately and just stand here at the altar with me. And Lord, I just pray that the Holy Spirit will invade this atmosphere and speak to all of us. You did not design us for mud holes of mistake. You designed us for a relationship with you. You long for us to be with you in heaven. You long for it so much that you gave your only begotten son, Jesus, to die a horrible death on the cross so that no one has to perish. No one in this room has to perish. 
And Lord, our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will speak to us about Jesus and our need for Jesus in these moments. With eyes closed all over the room, no one looking around but me, but in a moment I'm going to pray a prayer of opening our hearts to Jesus. And if you need to get out of the mud hole of mistakes, maybe for the first time or maybe for the first time in a long time, but this is a moment for you to give your heart to Christ, to know that heaven is your home, to have your sins washed away, that this is your moment. I want to pray for you, and I just want you to let me know what's happening in your life. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I'm going to ask you to put your hand up high enough for me to see it and also lift your eyes so I make sure I don't miss you. And I just want to acknowledge you. Thank you. Thank you right over here. Just hold it up high so I can just see that. I don't want to miss you. God bless you. Thank you very much right here. And right here. Thanks. Just don't get stuck in that mud hole. Just want to say don't get stuck in that mud hole. Wait the back over here. Don't want to miss you. Just looking this way. Yeah, right here. God bless you. Don't get stuck in that hole. Get up out of the hole. New day for you. New day right over here. Let me just see your eyes. Yeah, God bless you. I'm glad you're here today. And wait, God bless you. Glad. Don't get stuck in that hole. Just let the grace of God. Anybody else? Yeah, I see you right here. I see you. Okay, thanks, pal. In Jesus' name, right here. God, don't get stuck in that hole. Don't get, we're going to pray a prayer. Yeah, I saw you already. Thank you very much. Yeah, I saw you already. Thank you. Thanks, okay? We're, yeah, way back. I see you. Thanks, pal. Thanks, and over there. Thank you very much. Okay, let's just let's pray a prayer together for all my friends that have raised their hands and for others. Let's all pray it together. It's just a prayer of grace, a prayer of receiving something that this church cannot do. I certainly can't do as a minister, but God can do. He can make you new in your heart. He can pull you out of that hole by the power of God. And so our prayer is this prayer. Let's all pray it out loud as a, 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 a prayer of faith. And I invite you to pray with all the people around you. Lift your good, strong voice. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name, and I repent of my sins, and I leave them behind. And I turn towards you, Lord, and I open my heart, my soul, and my life to Jesus Christ. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Dear God, help me to follow Jesus every day of my life. Help me to keep walking by faith. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, 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 amen. Yeah, we affirm that prayer. That's a good prayer. We praise God for it. So if you're making a commitment to God today or a recommitment of your life to God, it's essential you tell somebody. So come forward and tell one of our prayer team. You can also just text in and just say, hey, I, I prayed with Scott today, 941 260-1321. We just want to make sure that we do everything we can to help you grow spiritually, to grow in the Lord. We want you to do that. So we invite you in these moments. So the prayer team is here. They're here to pray with people making commitments to God and to pray for every person that has a need. We're here to see the miraculous happen. We're here to invite the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're here to invite the kingdom of God to, to open up the heavens and to do stuff we cannot do. We believe that God hears and answers prayer, and we believe if you need a miracle and you take a step towards God, He comes running towards you. And we're not here because we're, we got the great answers. We just know how to pray in the name of Jesus. And we want to pray over your life in the name of Jesus. So we'll welcome you as we begin to sing in a moment to come forward and receive prayer. Also, if you'd like to receive communion today, on either side of the altar, there is a communion table. You don't have to be a member of this church, just a friend of Jesus. Just as you take the bread and the cup of the Lord, remember this, remember Jesus. Remember that he died on the cross to take away all your sins, all your shame. 
He went into the tomb and he didn't stay there. He rose from the dead and he's coming again. And we want to live knowing that he's coming again. And we want to celebrate his presence with us today. So you're welcome for prayer, for communion. The worship team will begin to lead us. I'm going to pray a prayer just to bless you guys. And after this prayer, there's no other benediction. People will come for prayer. People will come for communion. People will go with the grace of God. But may you walk by faith is our prayer. And if you got stuck in, a, in the mud hole of mistake, may this be a new day for you to begin again. If you've been a guest here today, and I've met many guests this weekend, keep your eyes open. Many guests are with us this weekend. And just love them. And if you've been a guest, and if you're a new person that's here to hope, and you've never gone by our VIP room, make today your day to stop by. Uh, it's just up on the left-hand side. I met a couple last night. They said, hey, we've been here three weeks. I said, three weeks you've been here? I just made them a member right there. Amen. Just three weeks. That's enough for me. Yeah. Let me pray God's blessing. Lord, I just pray for these beloved brothers and sisters who are on this journey. All of, we're all human. Just like Abraham, you love us. You've called us from where we used to be or where we are right now to where you, you want us to be. And that's a, that's a journey of faith. And, and if we get pulled off to the side or we make mistakes because of our own natural fears and humanity, God, we just come out of those holes right now and we, we want to get back on track, keep walking by faith. I pray that the God of hope will fill you with joy, incredible joy, and incredible peace as you trust in God, not leaning on your own understanding, just trusting in God, putting your faith in Him, so that you will overflow with hope, that positive expectation of a better tomorrow. You'll overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I bless you in the strong and the mighty and the majestic name of Jesus. And in Jesus' name, you are very blessed. And all of God's people say together, Amen. Let's give the Lord just an ovation of praise. Good to be together. We love you guys so very much. We invite you to come forward for prayer, for communion, worship team. Just begin to lift up the Lord, and we love you. We love God.